Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. Social media is no longer a nice to have. It's necessity. You are not doing your organization any justice if you don't take advantage of the opportunity to expand your audience, communicate with your audience in different formats. And then also, I can't stress this enough, the metrics associated with social, it's so telling And quite frankly, we're nonprofits in many respects as well. It also provides opportunities for revenue when you have the KPIs and you're able to do so. Any organization that is kind of on the fence about whether or not they want to have a social media presence, run. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Missions to Movements podcast. This episode was previously recorded when I was moderating a panel at the Classy Collaborative. This conversation between myself and the NAACP and the Red Cross was a really honest conversation about social media and kind of the online donors journey that we go through. So I wanted to make sure to share it with you as well. So here we go. Listen in. Welcome. I want to do some quick intros for the lovely people to my right, your left. Trevon, you want to start? Good afternoon, everybody. I'm uh, Trevon Williams. I proudly serve as the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communications with the premier civil rights organization in the nation, the NAACP. I can say that because, you know, I make the words. Woo! Whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Haley Corral. I am the Senior Director of Social Engagement for the American Red Cross. So I oversee all the social strategy enterprise-wide, and I sit on the comms and marketing team, but I work really closely with our development team and fundraisers. 
Awesome. And my name is Dana Snyder. I am the founder of Positive Equation, and I work with organizations like all of you to help transform your online donation journeys. So today, we've actually structured our questions and our conversation. I think we had the most fun, I'm just calling it, prep conversation and call. <laughs> this talk could go on for an hour, and we only have 29 and 17 seconds counting. What we wanted to do is kick off the conversation by showing two pieces of content, one from each organization, So, and then we'll talk about them afterwards. So team, if you would mind playing those two videos. Here's what to do if a tornado happens. I'm gonna go to the basement in my house because that's the safest spot I can go. But if you don't have a basement, go to a small interior room on the lowest level instead. You can use things like blankets and pillows to help protect yourself. You wanna pick a spot away from windows and doors and outside walls and then get down and protect your head and neck with your arms. Awesome, video number two. Big deal thing. Black girl, if you're a 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 black girl, do your thing. If anybody wasn't awake, I hope you are now. <laughs> so what you two have both done, the Red Cross, and specifically with TikTok, has done an amazing job. That first video, if you saw the stats, that video was on TikTok. The NAACP, that video was on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the TikTok account, I just want to read some stats here, has amassed to 780,000 and growing followers with 13 plus million likes on your content. Trevon, 1.8 million followers on Instagram with incredible engagement. Haley, I want to start with you. Why did the organization get started on TikTok? I think we're all trying to figure out this new platform that has taken over the social space. And really, what has been your strategy for creating videos like the one everyone just saw? Well, I really just wanted to do TikTok dances. So that's, <laughs> no, they wouldn't let me do that, unfortunately. With the Red Cross, there's a couple of things to understand about how our social team works. One, it is quality over quantity. We re are really strategic about where we choose to build audiences and what to create content for. But we are also very blessed with leadership who encourages experimentation. We are not afraid of failure. If you try something and it doesn't work, then okay, well, what lesson did we learn from that? And how can we take that going into future content strategies? I think like a lot of organizations, we see a lot of our donor base, a lot of our supporters tend to be older. And so we're constantly thinking about, okay, what about that next generation? We don't want to just be your grandmother's nonprofit of choice, right? We um, want to start creating relationships with Gen Z, with younger audiences. We want them to be volunteers and to donate blood. And we really saw in 2019, TikTok was really starting to take off here in the U.S. Is this a space for us? And so we thought about it. We decided to put some resources behind it. We experimented. I think when a lot of people think of the Red Cross, they think of either blood donation or disaster response. And those are really big things that we do. But we also have a whole branch of training services, lifeguarding classes, babysitting classes, mm. CPR, new parents. I took an infant CPR class from Red Cross when I had my baby a year ago, that sort of thing. We really just tried a bunch of different things. And that we noticed on TikTok, there's a trending hashtag, like, I learned this from TikTok. 
And people just started asking us questions. We started that video that you saw was what to do during a tornado. In the comments section of that video, it's like, okay, but what do I do in a tornado if I'm in my car? So then we made a video on what to do in a tornado if in your car. Okay, well, what so do we do? A- you're pulling content ideas from comments actually happening within. A- yes, yeah. yes. Our strategy is basically listening. <laughs> yeah. We put content up. We see what people have questions about. And then we create content based on those questions. And it really took off for us. And so it's a very different tone on TikTok for us. It's very different content. It's way more focused on training services than any of our other platforms are. The video is not like beautiful PSA like type video content. As you saw, it's pretty nitty gritty. And it's meant to be that way. And that's what works for us there. And it's been really successful. So I'm very happy that we had the capacity to try that. One follow-up question to that. If somebody's like, we're curious about TikTok, And maybe we don't have people commenting a bunch to give us ideas. Like when you were just first starting, how did you think about the ideas of content? Well, first we just asked ourselves, what would we want to see? Right. And I think that's something that you and I have had just talked about, Dana, is it seems so simple, but I think a lot of us can just overthink things a lot. So what would we like to see? And also just trying, just trying something, putting it out there, see if we got any bites. Also just following other organizations and just spending time on the platform because none of us had been on TikTok previously. So we really spent a month. We all downloaded it. We started a TikTok channel in Slack where we would share things with each other. That's a good idea. And we just really got to know the platform before we even put out our first video so that we could feel like, okay, this is, this is what it feels like to be a user and this is what we would want to see. So good. I love that. Chavon, on your side, mm-hmm. I know you're focused on multiple audiences as well. Obviously, Instagram is one platform. Mm-hmm. What platforms and audiences are you really thinking about when it comes to that first brand awareness phase of pulling somebody into the journey? So for the association, it's important for us to have authenticity of voice and identity matters so much within our space yeah. itself. Uh, Instagram became a huge platform for us. And really, I've been with the association for, what, three years now? If you all can imagine, we were at like 12,000 followers when I got there, even at 100 and some years old as an organization. And now we've grown to 1.8 million. And that's largely based around the ability to be an authentic voice on behalf of our community. Quite frankly, we stopped trying to, we started to speak as if we would speak within our community itself. We started to be authentically who we are. Videos like you witnessed today are ones that in many respects speak to the organization and what the conversations that we have in our own rooms, at our own kitchen tables. Having a catalytic moment like Ketanji Brown Jackson uh, being affirmed as a Supreme Court justice, we had never seen that before. We have to capture that for our community, but we have to capture it authentically on behalf of our community. And so something as simple as a party song where it was going viral across all different social media platforms, we took advantage of the opportunity to say, this is a historic moment, but we're going to build upon it within the space that you are already actively speaking to us in. We're not going to try to create something else over here. We're going to go to where you are. The engagement around that has been amazing, even from a party himself retweeting the video and saying, I I firmly back the NAACP and Ketanji Brown Jackson being the Supreme Court Justice, that sort of engagement was welcomed. But we've made it a a strategic point to be, quite frankly, unapologetically black in these spaces, unapologetically about our culture. And the engagement has been outstanding from our communities, from all platforms, quite frankly. When you talk about the authenticity and the tone, I think that's so important. How long did it take for you guys to get to a good place where you felt like 
it didn't matter who on our team maybe was doing the posting, but everyone had an understanding of what you're talking about. What was that process like to get there? Haley hit on something very key. And it's the point of this is really, in some cases, to fail fast. Yeah. You try some stuff out. Uh, you see what works. You see what type of engagement you're getting. You see what type of impressions and traffic you're getting. And then you pivot and you make quick. The one beautiful thing about social is that it grants you the opportunity to adjust very, very quickly. And so it took some time. It took some time trying to get us out of the mindset of speaking to an audience specifically from a press release statement, from an email communication statement. How do we speak to our audience from a social standpoint? And quite frankly, if you look at our social, specifically within the Twitter or an Instagram space, it was very tongue in cheek. I almost say it's almost sarcastic in nature in some respects because we're assuming that the audience that we have garnered is intellectually stimulated enough about the content. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time background educating them. We're talking to them about the emotions and the the policy pieces that matter to our community. So I don't want to educate them as much on the upfront within social. I want to use my email and my website to do that. I want to get their attention. I want to give them appetizers so I can turn them to the entree. So good. And I think everyone in this room, you're a brand. And I think we forget you can own the voice of that brand. I mean, think about in the for-profit space, Chick-fil-A doesn't spell their words right, right? (laughs) Like we don't have to use proper grammar. That's like the brand that they have chosen. So something I think that's really important that I wanted to touch on, especially with how the economy is shaping right now and just the hiring workforce is your teams. So right now, because it's such a big focus, how important has it been to grow? And I would like to know from both of you, maybe Trevon, start with you first. Mm-hmm. What does your digital team look like and maybe where has it grown or how has it shaped over the past couple of years? So when I joined the association, we were a team of four and now we're a team of 12. There's a lot of showing and proving over the last three years to be able to grow in even to that expanse. And also I'm looking for some more people. So, you know, advice. <laughs> interested. But nonetheless, our digital team is inclusive of a a vice president of digital. And then we have writers that are underneath of them. Our social media team is underneath of them. And then data analytics itself. It does us no good to put all this creative together if we don't understand the metrics associated with it and what those numbers mean. Simple things as far as when should you post? When are you getting the most engagement? Those sorts of things matter. And so we have a team of about four within our digital structure itself. They all work alongside our multimedia team as well as our PR and media relations teams as well, just to ensure that we are hitting things from all lenses so that social becomes a, a galvanizing point for our audience. Awesome. Haley, how about you? Sure. So the Red Cross is a big organization and it's an old organization. Our national communications teams, and we have communications teams in all the regions across the country, but at National, where I work, we have a little over 30 people doing digital comms. My social media team is six people. We have one person who is dedicated to just analytics. I feel very fortunate that we were able to have that. Um, Just like Trevon said, it is incredibly important. I don't know if we could do it without our analyst. He probably knows our content and our audience better than anybody else does. So it's really important to have that We have someone who's just dedicated to social media creative, so videos and social media graphics. I think that that is really important. We don't repurpose, like I was saying earlier, we don't just take our PSAs and then cut them differently for social media. You might see that every now and then if we need to as part of a campaign, but we create content specifically for social media. Mm -hmm. And we meet with all lines of service across our departments with our humanitarian team, our biomedical teams, our service to the armed forces team. And we really think about each individual audience across platforms, because it's going to be different what we put on Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Facebook versus TikTok. And we think about what stories can we tell? How can we best tell that story for this audience? 
And yeah, it's just, it's incredibly important to have people who are good content creators, but who also think strategically. Absolutely. And also, I am also hiring for my social media. <laughs> Look at this. use this as, <laughs> as a time to record. Absolutely. <laughs> I think what you just said is so important. And something that we talked about during our prep call, Haley, was about qualifications mm-hmm. that I want to talk to you in a second. When you're thinking about social media and digital marketing, the copy and repeat across every platform doesn't work anymore. That's why I think engagement rates can be so low is because that's what's happening instead of using a platform specific strategy like you just talked about. And part of that is because every single meta, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, they all have different business goals themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're not leaning into creating the content that the business is trying to create, then that's why it's probably not going to work well. There's a marketing channel that we use every single day, yet it hasn't really become integrated into our marketing strategies yet. I am talking about text messaging, aka SMS. SMS open rates are as high as 98% and they produce engagement rates six to eight times higher than email marketing. I personally used Hustle's person-to-person video and text message marketing suite in 2019 when I ran a campaign for an organization looking to encourage women to book mammogram appointments in the DC area. Now, since this is a very sensitive topic, it was really nice to have the ability to send one broadcast message and then respond one-to-one with the tools really needed to humanize communication and build meaningful relationships. So whether you have an upcoming event that you want to generate RSVPs for, want to send a reminder about Giving Tuesday, want to share a thank you message, it is all possible with SMS. I am in the process of setting up my account now to use for Positive Equation, and I want you to try Hustle today too. So use code Positive Equation at hustle.com backslash demo or click the link in the show notes to receive free text messages and video messages for your organization. I want to ask you both about qualifications. So let's say you're both hiring. Who are you looking for? Like not the job title, but are you asking different questions of these people? Like what are you looking when, when somebody wants to give you your resume? Like, what are you looking for? Haley, I'll start with you. I mean, it, it depends on the role, but I will say, I want to hear what projects you've worked on that you're really excited about. I want to hear what you've tried. I don't care if you succeeded. What did you try? How have you approached problems at your organization mm-hmm. or within your messaging? I ask a lot of strategy questions in my interviews, content is great, but anybody can say, oh, I ran a Twitter account for a brand. Anybody can copy and paste things from a press release onto Twitter and put it out there. But I'm really looking for somebody who really thinks about content Mm -hmm. and who wants to try things. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying that, but you can't be afraid of failure. And I would much rather have somebody on my team who says, hey, I wonder if, Mm -hmm. and we'll try things than trying to do the same thing over and over. Awesome. Siobhan, how about you? I ask this question often whenever I'm, I'm interviewing someone, and I like it because it catches people off guard. I ask them to tell me a story. I want storytellers. I want creators. Your ability to tell me a, a story concisely that keeps me engaged indicates to me whether or not you're a smart communicator. So if your intent was to say all, and I don't say all at the end, then we missed the mark. If you wanted to make me laugh or think about some stuff, being able to tell a story is a fundamental, excuse me, portion of being a great communicator. If you can tell that story from soup to nuts, that's what matters to me. Being able to write, yes. Understanding how digital components work, understanding how messaging works, absolutely. But being able to take me 
from concept to execution within a story, I think tells me as much as I need to know in many respects about the individual, we can work through the other components in many respects. Obviously, we have that base level qualifications, but yeah. storytellers, that's what I'm looking for. I'm stealing that interview question. Do it. <laughs> it's open to all. Interview question available for all. <laughs> Something else that I thought was really interesting during our prep call was you mentioned, and this was brought up earlier in another panel conversation, I think, was about removing the silos removing the boundaries between teams. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned during our call, every social part, they should have a seat at the table. Absolutely. Why Absolutely. do you think that's so important? How have you seen that change in the organization? Well, because the rate of uh, the rapid response within the communication space matters so much. A lot of times you have to have individuals who are actively a part of the conversation. This is to Haley's point. This is from failure as well. A big catalytic moment happens on the Hill. We, we want to be a part of it. And if I don't have a a voice at the table who understand why this moment is significant from a social media standpoint. I've got to onboard them. I got to brief them on why it's important. And we've lost, you know, social media's moments. Having someone sitting at the table, now they're monitoring and they can see the cadence around the conversations happen and they can already come with ideas about how we can respond appropriately. But that doesn't happen if we are slowing down the process by making sure that, okay, well, I don't want them in this meeting. Maybe I'll debrief them later. Let's make sure everybody's at the table so that everyone can maximize the opportunity to respond. Absolutely. So if somebody is sitting out there and maybe I think we've all been in this place where we're wearing multiple hats. I don't know if everybody's felt like that before. And we're trying to convince leadership to increase budget to hire a social staffer. What would you say, Haley, let's start with you about why that's so important. If it's maybe the first hire made. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I think a lot of us whether your current organization or previous one have struggled with. I don't think that this is as much of an issue as it probably was 10 years ago. Right. I largely view social media as a dotted line to every other line of business, right? You have to meet people where they are. As much as we would love for every single person to go to redcross.org for all of their information around things that we do, at the end of the day, how many websites do you yourselves type in? Do you go to open your laptop and type in every day and check it every single day? Not many, you know? So we have to meet people where they are. Audience matters. Your audience matters. And for social media, it's a whole different ballgame. You can't treat it like a regular media strategy. It takes a certain set of skills. And I think that with the right KPIs and case studies, and there's plenty of them out there, Absolutely. you can make a really strong case for how social media and having a smart social media strategy can increase your brand awareness yeah. and increase conversions. Yeah. Social media is no longer a nice to have. It's necessity. Right. You are not doing your organization any justice if you don't take advantage of the opportunity to expand your audience, communicate with your audience in different formats. And then also, I can't stress this enough, the metrics associated with social, it's so telling. And quite frankly, we're nonprofits in many respects as well. It also provides opportunities for revenue when you have the KPIs and you're able to do so. Any organization that is kind of on the fence about whether or not they want to have a social media presence, run. <laughs> because that's that's not how the world is working right now. And most of the information we're getting comes through our social media platforms as much as possible. So it's necessity now. You, you have to do and it. And the previous yeah. session was on Metaverse. So it's only going it's only to going. increase. Only going. And can I say, too, it's a reputational issue. Mm -hmm. It really is. Because when something happens with your organization or for like the Red Cross, when a disaster happens, the first thing people do is they check social media 
Check Twitter, check Facebook. Is everybody okay? What does it look like over here? I'm going to post these photos. If there's a rumor that's happening, it's Mm going to get posted on social media. And if you don't have a team that is trained to look at that stuff and communicators who can fight disinformation or answer questions or just have a monitor on what that conversation is in that space, you're already behind. Mm -hmm. So good. So let's talk about, you mentioned the dots and you mentioned something about KPIs. Let's say we've got brand awareness covered. We have an audience, they're coming to our platform. Now, if we move into the consideration and the conversion aspect, Teron, you guys have an amazing recurring donor program called the Sustainer Program. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to what is that program like now and how does social kind of help to continue fuel for that growth? So a lot of the the Sustainer Program is based uh, primarily on interests of, you know, we can give you buffet, but the reality is that there's issues that matter more to certain audiences as well. You may care more about from a healthcare standpoint, you may care more about education. What we try to do within our social space is to give bite-sized pieces of all of that information, but ultimately the goal is to talk them through a process where they feel like they're as much a part of the success of the organization as anything else. Uh, it's not enough to just say something horrible happened, donate so we can continue to fight. We have to showcase the wins within social as well. There's enough bad news going on. I challenge my team to be the good news network whenever it's possible. We're winning a lot of a lot of battles as well. Social becomes the weapon for us to be able to evangelize how we're winning within our spaces and then sharing that message with our sustainers, saying NAACP was a catalytic in, in getting a Katanji Brown Jackson on the hill. Share these social posts and different things like that so that they feel as much a part of the accomplishment as anything else. They're not spectators. They are participants in the process. And so we do as much as possible utilizing social to galvanize them, bring them to the table and then use our email communication to tell specific stories to them based on the areas of interest that matter to most of them. And we've had a tremendous success in doing so. So something you just mentioned about UGC, Mm -hmm. user generated content, either user generated or content that they may be resharing of yours. How powerful has your team seen that in terms of creating that kind of one-to-one relationship? So something as simple as black women are supreme during a campaign when Kenjani Brown-Jackson was being appointed has taken off in a manner that it's about identity. We were able to brand a program around a moment that was historic. We're taking it down to Essence Festival in a couple of weeks here where we're reinforcing that with a large demographic around black females in that space. It allows us to celebrate a particular identity, and then also gives them something that they can walk around with and and be behind. We can do that through social. We can do that through our digital influence. And we can do that. And they become your best brand ambassadors, to your point. If we are sharing a message that recognizes them for this historic nature, gives them the opportunity to build confidence in themselves, they're going to share that with an audience that we may not have access to. One of the key, I was doing research for like a million discussion I did earlier And one of the key reasons for why millennials, aka I am one of them, we go up to our 40s, we're not like 19 anymore, (laughs) is identity. We want to give to something that speaks to who I'm saying I am. And to be able to show that on an outside representation is amazing. Absolutely. Haley, on your side, there's a couple different ways that people can get engaged with the Red Cross, and I'm sure there's different avenues of which you bring them in to convert. Can you speak to those three different types? Sure, so when we're talking about donors at the Red Cross, we're talking about three kinds of donors. We say a lot, time, blood, and money. 
donating your time, becoming a volunteer, because a lot of our organization, most of the work we do is volunteer-based. Blood, so becoming a blood donor, really important. If you don't donate blood, please do. And money, becoming a financial donor so you, we can help people during disasters and, and with other missions. We spend a lot of time and resources on engagement, mm-hmm. on social media. It's not just about posting stuff and then hoping people like it. <laughs> we have team members dedicated to engaging with people on Instagram in particular, we've noticed that blood donors love to take selfies as they're donating blood and post it to their stories and they'll tag us in it. And so we routinely, if you follow us on Instagram, we'll reshare those. Like we'll do like a roundup, Mm -hmm. you know, and say like, hey, thanks to all these amazing people for donating blood. And they love it. Show the love. Right. They love it. They love being recognized. Like they did this great, literally life-saving thing by donating blood. For volunteers, we feature volunteers all the time. We thank financial donors all the time. We have corporate donors and we are engaged with them on social and sharing their stuff and thanking them. It matters. It matters to people when they see the American Red Cross has responded to them and given them some love. It means something and you're making a connection and it's not just a generic thank you for donating to us email. (laughs) It's on social media and their friends and their family see it and they get really excited, excited, you know, so it's, it's important. And We have contractors who help us. We actually even have a volunteer program around it called Digital Volunteers. And they're social media volunteers. And all they do is come through social and like thank people for donating and answer questions and stuff like that. So it's a big focus for us. Very cool. That's awesome. So jumping into, and this kind of goes towards retention. Because if you're also responding to them and showing them the light, that is part of a retention strategy. So I wanted to ask you both. No matter the size of the gift, which is brought up a couple times today, whether you're a $5 donor, a monthly donor, a major donor, how are you through maybe social and your digital channels helping to create retention strategies? Trevon, you want to go first? We often say minor moves cause major movements. You know, I don't care what the dollar amount is. I want you to engage with the association at some level because there may be a moment that you feel more inclined to do more. And to, to Haley's point, being a part of the association means more than just the financial donation itself. It's signing, you know, we, we, during the pandemic itself, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, quite frankly, the notion of digital advocacy became a big key for us as well. So how do I mobilize people who are used to seeing association boots on the ground, marches, protests, different things like that? Digital becomes a amazing part of arming our members to say we can still take action around issues right. independently of not necessarily being able to go outside in the same capacity that we have in previously. So if it's donating, you know, do so. If you can sign a petition, call your governor, get people registered to vote, all of those things can be utilized and quite frankly distributed through our social media platforms, in some cases even better than actually being on the ground in some respects. So that's been one of the key contributors for us. We've turned digital advocacy into a thing for us, and it's been tremendously successful for us over the last several years. Awesome. I would say a couple of different ways. One is Facebook groups. So we have a couple of Facebook groups that we manage that are really active. One for Red Cross volunteers, just general volunteers. One for platelet donors, which might not sound super engaging, but it's a small but really mighty group. (laughs) And they love donating platelets. They have an identity around it. And they go and donate like every seven days or something. We use Facebook groups and we're really involved in that. And we show them a lot of love and attention in those groups. Also, just in terms of financial donors and retaining, showing them what your money is actually doing. So you donated $10 to the Red Cross. Guess what? You just bought a blanket and a shelter for that next 
family that had their house destroyed by a wildfire. Really putting stuff out there and saying this is what your money is doing, especially during times of disaster when people want to know, they really want to help. We see a big increase in social media donations around disasters because people are moved by what they're seeing and they want to be able to help. And maybe that's the only way that they can help at that time. Just being really transparent about where the money is going and showing it visually. Like we'll do Facebook Lives, we'll do photos, we'll share content from people on the ground and talk about like, this is exactly where this money is going. And even if you just send us $5, here's what your $5 did. Great. I want to wrap with two questions. One is we talked about hiring. And I think when you hire a social media or digital manager, whoever the title is, it's important to ask them, what tools do you feel like you need to be successful? So for both of you, you mentioned analytics being important, obviously content creation, distribution, listening. What tools do you both use for social media management and analytics? Shivani, you want to go first? Definitely. We're big Sprout social users. I also use Rival IQ quite a bit as well. And then we use Google Analytics as well. We want to get a comprehensive understanding of our metrics. Start searching GA4. <laughs> it's GA4. Everyone needs to... So- in July 1st, 2023, mm-hmm. the current Google Analytics, Universal Analytics, will no longer be. So they're going to stop tracking data, and you need to merge into GA4. Just a heads up. PSA, <laughs> everyone. PSA, it's free. Awesome. So Rival IQ, Sprout Social, Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So everybody on our social media team uses Sprout Social, and we use that enterprise-wide. So the national team and of all our all our regions are in Sprout Social. So we use that for basic social media analytics. Our analyst that we have on our team, he also uses Crimson Hexagon and Brandwatch. Our media team uses something else that I can't quite remember the name of. <laughs> I should have asked them that before they got here. But in terms of analytics, those are the big ones we use. Also, CrowdTangle is really useful, and that's free, and it's you know open for anybody who has a Facebook page. Thank you for sharing those. I love the little tool hacks. And lastly, is there anything that you are testing right now? Things that your team maybe is taking some risks on, okay to fail on, okay to test? Uh, TikTok. <laughs> We're about to uh, introduce TikTok for the association as well, trying to figure out what type of content and capacity we have in order to do so. Slowly but surely, making our way into that space as well. So Everyone go follow both of their accounts. Yes, slowly. Please do. <laughs> Please do. We are looking at Twitter spaces more. We're really starting to experiment more there. We've had a lot of success with both LinkedIn and Facebook Lives. So just more live content and what kinds of live content that we can do. We work directly with Facebook to test out fundraising tools. So we're trying to really think about how we fundraise on Facebook. A lot of people want to donate to their local Red Cross and not necessarily the national Red Cross because they want to see the money in their community. So we're really thinking about ways that we can accommodate that on social. Awesome. Thank you both so much. And everyone, please give them a round of applause. They're doing incredible work. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.